I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and deep dive into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Therapist Podcast. This is your host, Yamilka Rodriguez, and I'm so excited to have English with me here today. And before we get asking her some questions, I'm going to read her bio. So English Simone is a leader of care, a symbol of endurance, and a shoulder of support. She is dedicated to providing a voice, opportunities, and empowerment to those who would otherwise never receive a fighting chance. With her natural compassion for people and 10 years of leadership experience, she has dedicated her life in championing community empowerment and creating equitable opportunities. With undergrad studies in psychology and African-American studies and her MA in law, health, and policy, English Simone's journey emphasizes her calling to positively impact individuals and communities. For managing nonprofit programming in multiple countries throughout Metro Atlanta and to co-authoring the Amazon bestseller, There Is No Health Without Mental Health Anthology, Volume 2, Series 1. She has dedicated her career to improving lives of those who need it. As the founder of R&R Total Health Alliance and R&R Total Enterprise, English Simone uses her in-depth understanding of the ability to connect with diverse people to consult with her policymakers, executives, and corporate leaders on how to engage, educate, and empower their client-facing team members. Welcome, welcome, Simone. Thank you so much, Yamilka, for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. So we always start the podcast with this test that you took. We usually do it live to see kind of how that test connects to your real life. So I'm going to read The Magician. You are a magician. That is literally and figuratively. I'm sure people have always asked you, how do you make things happen? Well, you put a little magic in there, right? And it just poof. (laughs) Okay, let me read the magician to you. A magician sees the world as systems and is attracted to things that help them change, transform, and heal. The motivation is change. The need is to transform. The fear is being undervalued. And the behaviors is inquires about the world around them, sees the world as systems, and achieves unbelievable feats. How does that sound? That sounds spot on. Definitely, I can relate. (laughs) When I got the results, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I finally hit it on the head here. I was excited. Exactly. And what's really cool about that is that it only asks you two questions, right? Right. Two questions. And it read my entire life back to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. So let me ask you, there's five value words that represent the magician. And I'm going to read out the word and you're going to give it your personal definition. This is not a dictionary definition. This is your personal take on this word. So tell me what adaptive means to you. 
Adaptive to me means being able to change up and adjust immediately. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah. Awesome. Insightful. Insightful means pulling what's inside and providing sight to others. Like it's just the way that you can paint the picture and make others relate. Love it. Persuasive. This is a good one. So persuasive, being able to change someone's vision, perspective, or feelings just simply because of who you are. Love it. Dynamic. Oh, man. For me, dynamics are the camaraderie, the energy, and just the the way it all comes together. Love it. And magnetic is the last one. Attraction or repelling. It can be either or. And depending on the situation, it can be good or bad either way. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love your definitions. Okay, awesome. So English, tell me, you know, this is the brand therapist show. I always tell people that and it wouldn't be therapy if we didn't talk about childhood. So tell me about a story in your childhood that kind of epitomizes what you do today. Oh, man. In advance, I am trying to be as less wordy as I am because I love to talk, right? Because again, especially one of the reasons I was attracted to the brand therapy, because I love therapy. I love talking, communicating. So with that being said, I'll try to summarize this as best as possible. My childhood, in general, I would like to consider it a great combination of some stereotypes, but also the extraordinary. I mean, you know, unfortunately, I did come from a broken home where things just weren't as beautiful as I would have hoped them to be. And yet, we were afforded so many opportunities that my peers just couldn't imagine. Like we were considered the eyeballs of the of the neighborhood. So as I started to get older and I started to see things, for instance, I saw peers who came from less than favorable circumstances, peers who were born to parents who were addicted to substances and such. I also saw how they didn't get that same support that I did. So while we did have some difficult things in my household, my parents were so supportive and I saw how many children didn't have that support. And I saw how people will treat you according to what they feel others, especially those immediate to you will treat you. And I distinctly remember two classmates who came to my school and they were putting it mildly. They were different. They were very different. Their behavior was off and they were very wild and loud and people looked down on them. And I, even at that age, I could tell. And I used to hear go, grownups gossip about them not having the resources and them not having the support. And, and, you know, in my mind, I didn't know what resources were, but I knew what support was because I had it every day. And so it just led me to see how children at that young of an age, as mind you, I was in elementary school at this time, even children at that age are impacted by what they have or what they don't. And this word resources must be important because it dictates how others see you and ultimately can make you feel. And I began to spotlight things around me that reflect that similar trend. And I told myself, well, I know I can't help what I have, so I'm pretty sure they can't either. So I was, it was then where I was like, hey, I want to help people. I don't know how. At that age, I wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> but I always knew that I wanted to help because some people don't have these quote unquote resources. And so 
I wanted to be able to be that connection for those people who didn't have it so that they can rise above whatever the circumstances were. Wow, I love that. So I guess that gets me to my next question. What is your personal brand all about? Oh, <laughs> my personal brand, it really captures like the mama bear in me. <laughs> I am a mama bear in every position that I've held and pretty much everywhere I go, I automatically get almost over the defensive because I'm like, okay, leave this person alone because we don't know X, Y, and Z. But now that I'm here, we're going to figure it out and we're going to make some things happen. And I go to everyone with tough love and we never separate. I call them my babies. So I have some babies from my days in retail who still reach out to me and they're having children now. And it makes me feel older than probably what I should. But my personal brand allows me to be nurturing yet aggressive when necessary because I give that voice to those who otherwise wouldn't be able to talk, wouldn't be able to be heard. And I, I'm able to address it in such a way that others can understand. And so being in both positions of great circumstances and less than fortunate circumstances, it positions me in such a way that I can be an impact, but I can be relatable. So I can sit at any table and converse with anyone and still connect the dots for different types of people. So very nurturing mama bear type brand who gets things done. Oh, yes. I love it. So tell me, what is your business? What do you do for people? What is that all about? Because I know you 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 talked about the R&R Total Health Alliance. What is that all about? So R&R Total Health Alliance is my growing nonprofit. And within that, we offer an array of services and support systems to where people can rise above their challenges without feeling the pressures of having to rush through it or without feeling like they're having to compete for simply a space to be safe. And so from mentorship programs to scholarships to homelessness prevention and rental financial assistance, essentially, um, we help connect individuals to those resources. One of the things that I learned in working in nonprofit management is that it's very competitive. Unfortunately, there are so many people who are struggling to simply say, I got through another day. And so with that being said, again, those resources are slim in comparison to what people really need. So I'm simply adding to that network and pulling from my network of people that I've met along the way to further that mission to just level the playing field in life. Like we wanted people to be at minimum their best selves. And if they expand beyond that, perfect. But R&R Total Health Alliance is essentially pulling all aspects of your health, your mental health, physical health, your spiritual health, and building on that so that you can be and feel better. We thank our sponsor, BespokeBranding.io. Tailored branding to reach your ideal client. Gain a deeper level of understanding to empower your brand and purpose and rule the market. We know what it's like to journey from a place of feeling overwhelmed and undervalued to being powerful, understood, and authentic. Your brand identity allows you to live your purpose. The Brand Therapist has 20 years of branding and design experience 
has transformed billion dollar brands and has eight plus years of guiding women entrepreneurs to realize their potential. I invite you to take the brand quiz and you can find it at www.bespokebranding.io. So to that, what is your greatest fear? My greatest fear, not leaving a legacy that my parents would be proud of and that my children wouldn't be proud of. And I say that because our parents have paved the way for us in many ways. And, you know, my father's no longer here, but my mother is. And they both it's opposite as they were. They are great parts of me. <laughs> the the nurturing part of me is definitely my mother, but the aggressiveness, that's my father. That's my father true and through. And I want them to know that the things that they sacrificed were well invested and that I'm a not just a, the seed that they sow, but I am the greatness that reflects them. And the same for my children, because there have been times where I wasn't able to show up for some school programs or where they may have not understood why we couldn't have certain things. And I want them to understand that I'm working hard so that other families and children can have at least the love and the type of environment that I provide to them. And so just making them proud and so far so good. Oh, I love that. I love how you turn that around. That is true. A lot of us want to leave a sort of legacy in this world. And I think having that impact and making our way through those difficult times, I think also help us know that we're doing the right thing, right? I love the work that you're doing in the nonprofit world. And I know you're right. Like there's a lot of competition in the nonprofit world because like there's so many nonprofits and and you want to give something to everybody. And so it's like really believing in what you do and just moving forward with it. So let me ask you this. We all have mentors in this world. Tell me a story about one of your mentors and how that got you to where you are today. That's a good one. And the thing I love about mentors is that they're custom fitted to the chapter of your life, right? So I've grown so much. I've just grown so much and there are different chapters that I attribute to different people. But I will say, Now that I have found myself, my greatest mentor at this very moment has been an individual named Junior Frederick. And on a professional level, he has taught me um, how to overcome that imposter syndrome. Because again, I just stepped into a space where I not only believe in myself, but I can show others that this is real. This is authentic. And not only am I authentic in my way, but I'm knowledgeable. And so just allowing me to really reflect on my attributes as a professional and being able to comfortably pull out my personal experiences and apply those. um, Junior Frederick has been alongside me, just teaching me and growing me and speaking to me about representing my business with very real, authentic pieces of myself. When I met him through an organization or a company that works with building executive leaders and that speaks to having conversations around how to position yourself. So in that way, I I commend Mr. Frederick. If you hear this, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Now, I always have to go back to my mother because, again, 
I brag about her so much. She is definitely my personal mentor. And as I've gotten older, I see the strength that she had is unmatched by many. She endured a lot that I'm glad I didn't know as a child, let's say that. And so to see her walk and carry herself with such grace, she just called me before I I came on today. So (laughs) just in her being there and being amazing and teaching me how to push through, be strong and be beautiful. That's big for me. It really keeps me going. Oh, I love that. I just uh, wrote a book and the people I wrote in there as mentors obviously were my mom and dad. Um, the two different characters, right? Completely, at least, in, like you said, you know, your mom was a nurturing one. My mom also was a nurturing one. I could say she was one of those like mothers of all. She's not just my mother, but mothers to other people. And I try to explain that through some of the archetype work that I did. I have other mentors, obviously, like you mentioned, but I think your parents, at the moment, I think a lot of us with parents probably like, oh my God, my mother, my father, it's just driving me crazy. But I think there's a point in your life where you're <laughs> acknowledging all this, all the things they did for you and their strength and their commitment and really praising them for all the love and everything that they gave to us. So I love that. But if I go to the next question, it would be around what are your three lessons learned over your lifetime? Like what are the top three lessons learned? Ooh, top three. Okay. To narrow it down to three, something I learned early in was you have to become comfortable with no. Rejection was a very big thing for me. And I honestly didn't really feel it until I started to exit high school. Because I, you know how you have so, some of those kids who they just naturally excel. Like, okay, I'm just going to show up and take the test today and I'm going to be okay. I did that. I won all of my elections. I had a lot of friends in different neighborhoods. Like it was great. And then I got to my senior year of high school. I lost every election. I made my first B. And I'm like, oh my gosh, life hates me. It was so dramatic. But (laughs) just learning to become comfortable with no. And that was just the beginning of it, you know. And I just got to a point where I had to take that mindset with me into my career field. You know, learning that some will, some won't. That was something I learned when working in sales. Like you're going to make some sales and you're not going to make others. And that's okay. And then as far as a second lesson, I guess going back to combating the imposter syndrome, overcoming that and being confident in yourself. It's one thing for you to have a skill, but it's completely different to be able to show that skill and being able to convince others that you are the subject matter expert. And it's okay to show that you're constantly progressing. That's not being an imposter. That just shows transition. That shows growth. And if you're not growing, then you're doing the worst. (laughs) So overcoming that. And then the greatest lesson for me is learning to juggle a career as a single parent. And with that, I say the most important lesson of all, because it allows me to show my children that, hey, it might not be perfect, but it could definitely be worse. But we're doing this for each other. I'm showing you, I'm laying the front, the groundwork for you guys to excel, because there have been times where 
I've walked away from positions because my children were suffering in ways that money could never matter. It would never matter. And at the end of the day, their health and well-being, the things that I fight for, for other people to have, my children have to have it first. (laughs) So riding that fine line, I should say, and finding that balance And thankfully, I have well-behaved kids who are only 9 and 12. I mean, I'm sorry, 9 and 13. But they're great children. And they stand behind me a thousand percent. And it it makes it easier for me to do these things. But finding that balance and being comfortable in that space was the greatest lesson that I I wouldn't change for anything in the world. I always admire women. I have a stepson, so it's different when you have a stepson than when you have your own children. I, I understand that. But I always wonder, like, how do these women that have kids do it all? Sometimes I feel constrained, even with my stepson, because I have to take care of him at times and, um, you know, he has disabilities. So it's a little different than having a child that runs around and stuff. But still, like, I feel like I have to redo my calendar, redo this. I can't imagine being a full-time parent and juggling your own business and all the things that comes with that as well. So I admire you for your amazing courage. And you talked about being authentic. And I think that's another piece, like staying with the authenticity of who you are and getting through those, what you said, that piece where you don't, you know, you're not sure if you have it or don't have it or have the strength to kind of move forward or the certifications or whatever that is. But life gives that to you just by the importance that you put in that. So that's pretty amazing. So let me ask you this. Where do you see your life going in the next five to 10 years? Hopefully to Italy, definitely on my bucket list. (laughs) Five to 10 years. I want a seat at the table because again, I don't necessarily want the fame, but I want to see the change. So I want to be able to be at in the White Houses and to be in the governor's offices and having these conversations and sipping on some Sprite or some tea or whatever they decide to have that day and just really highlight some things that their constituents are experiencing. You know, making conversations about life less stressful, but more relatable so that we can take action. And whether it takes five years, 10 years, 10 hundred years, I'm not sure, but I definitely want people to know that overall you have, if if not anyone else, you have English Simone Walker here on your side and we're going to make some things happen. Now, on a personal level, like I say, I want to travel more because inequities and, and prejudice, these aren't just within the States. These are worldwide things. And in a dream world, we can find a balance for everyone. If we can only work together to find that balance. So once we begin to expand those conversations and we get everyone involved, all hands on deck, then we can come closer, get closer and closer to that goal. So I see myself traveling to these different places and experiencing these multiple cultures and still carrying, I should say, my brand with me and building on it as I'm floating down some sea on a beautiful boat and with my pinky in the air and holding roses. <laughs> so, but I want to be able to start traveling more <laughs> for sure. 
I love that. I love that vision. So tell us where people can find you. Where are you mostly on social media? How can people reach you? Absolutely. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all under English Simone Official. So English Simone underscore official. Um, That's the way to reach me on social media. But if you ever feel the need to contact me directly, feel free to email me at contact.englishsimone.info. I love hearing from people and stepping in wherever I can to assist or just having these conversations. So definitely there. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you on my show. And I'm sure the listeners enjoyed this incredible podcast. Thank you so much, uh, English. I want to call you Simone for some reason. English Simone, thank you so much for being on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me so much. Thank you. And everybody, we'll see you on the next show. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you would like to connect on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding or BespokeBranding.io. And if you would like to do the brand character quiz, go to BespokeBranding.io and click on Brand Quiz. Or you can email me at yamilka at yamilka.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.